0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Lou Perez podcast. My name is Lou Perez. If you'd like to support my work, please head over to thelouperez.locals.com and join the Lou Perez community. You'll get to listen to my podcasts and watch my sketch comedy videos before I release them to the rest of the world. And you'll also have access to exclusive content for members only. And if you're looking for another way you can support me, you can do so by supporting my sponsors, Black Organic Cold Brew. Just head over to www.blogspot.com. B L V C K B R E W dot com and use promo code Lou for free shipping. And if you're into CBD products, please check out Paloma Verde CBD. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com CBD dot com and use promo code Lou for twenty five percent off purchases over seventy five dollars. All right, here we go. I'm so happy to be joined by my friend uh, Kira Davis, uh, host of the podcast "Just Listen to Yourself." She's a journalist as well. You can find a lot of her stuff in Red State, I believe. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. I'm editor at large for Red State.
0: Yeah, and we uh, we actually have been talking for a little while. Um, and uh, one of the things that I want to talk about is I just found out that, that Kira is from up north in Canada. Yes. And, and something that I've been that I've been trying to figure out is what is it about Canada that you guys seem to produce all of my favorite comedians. Uh, like I, who? Uh, Kids in the Hall. I uh, yeah. absolutely love them. Oh gosh, um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, so uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, Norm MacDonald is, yeah. uh, is, is fantastic. And there were, oh, I mean, John Candy. Yeah. Uh, who, who else? There was, there was just like a, I, I'm, I I'm always surprised when I find out Oh, yeah. Damn it.
1: He's he's Canadian too. Like Catherine O'Hara, Eugene oh. Levy. Yes. Yes. Well, the, there was a time I know I'm not sure what's going on up there right now because I haven't been a Canadian for quite a while. But um, when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, there was yeah, there was 70s, 80s and 90s was like heyday for Canadian comedy. That's how you got SNL. It came out of SCTV, which is a Toronto group. Lauren Michaels went up to Canada as a youth to have Canada to think for SNL, really. But <laughs> excuse me, there was a there was a time when the arts were really thriving in Canada. I have a couple of theories on this. And I don't know how accurate they are. They are based on nothing but my own thoughts. Would you like to hear them?
0: Yes. Hit me. One
1: theory is that during the 70s and the late 60s and 70s, there were a lot of Americans who were. Um, crossing the border to travel through Canada to avoid the draft. Uh, My dad was one of them, and he also happened to be an artist. um, And that's how he met my mom, and that's how I got here. But um, I think a lot of those people ended up settling in, like, artistic communities in Canada because that's where they were safest. Like, if you couldn't get green cards or papers, you ended up being in the arts community. And I think so there's a big American comedy influence in Canada because of that like artistic, just generally speaking, but even more so, um, I, like I do believe that you could find some connections with how Lorne Michaels knew all those amazing people, Andrea Martin and all those amazing people, Martin Short. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I think there was that, but I think the other thing is that all of the people that you've mentioned that you like, like Norm Macdonald, Kids in the Hall, John Candy, they're working class people. And at that time in Canada, this, these are like, this was a big working class country now we think of canadians as sort of clean and and nice and they don't litter and they are very uh proper and very big on you know whatever like diversity and the social justice movement and multicultural that's like we have this pristine image of canada as americans but canada is filled with working class people there there are a couple and there usually you find the quote culture in the cities and then you have the rural area of your nation and most of Canada is rural. There's only a, a few big cities. So these are all working class people who learned. We were talking about Norm MacDonald, Lou, you and I on my show. And I was saying Norm, uh, Norm learned comedy from sitting in his father's shed and listening to his father and his fishermen buddies one up each other all night, every night working again, working class, Struggle that's where a lot of these people came from. So, those are my two unscientific theories about why there's so much good Canadian comedy. And kids in the hall is to me that is the penultimate like comedy troupe, right there.
0: Yeah, they're, um, I, I didn't realize how big of an influence they had on me until I, um, you know, I got a little more gray in my hair and I started looking back on my life and my comedy career and I'm like, oh, that's like this sketch could have been a kids in the hall sketch. Yeah. Or, you know, this bit could have been a kids in the hall, yeah. uh, uh, kids in the hall bit. You know, I have a, I'm, I'm going to hit you with, um, with an unscientific uh, idea that just came, that just came my way. You know, you talk about uh, the comedians coming out of the working class. So, you know, with that is a culture of hanging out with your buddies mm-hmm. over drinks, making people laugh and, you know, sort of you, you have this, you uh, you know, uh, this, this culture of, of, of joking that, that happens, you know, there, I wonder if a lot of people, the first time that they make anybody laugh, especially in the States nowadays, is in their improv class. Like, I wonder how many people um, have lost, you know, sort of the, you know, that working class sort of,
1: uh,
0: you know, culture uh, where it's sort of like, Hey, I, I don't really have any friends. I haven't really made anybody laugh ever. I'm going to go try comedy. And (laughs) here I am trying, you know, trying comedy for the, uh, for the first time.
1: That is such an interesting observation. And I feel like I never even thought about that, but maybe you're right, Lou, like part of it, if I look at, my son just turned 19 yesterday. So if I look at his generation and like the way that I hear like me and his dad. Okay. If me and his dad are sitting around and we're bullshitting just me and dad and he walks in, he'll be like, you can't say that. You can't say that. Like a lot of the ways that my husband and I just chat as adult peers and friends are offensive to my son's generation. And it makes me wonder if he, okay, he's not having these conversations with maybe I believe he is, but Maybe there is some sort of um, unspoken boundary that a lot of younger people coming up now have where they don't get to have those experiences of sitting around and bantering and one upping each other and pushing it way too far and being way too much of a jerk about it. Like all of that helps you develop your boundaries, your personalities, your sense of humor. And maybe there is just a whole generation of people that can't have those conversations right now because they're not free to have those conversations in public there's always going to be someone going you can't say that you can't say that like my son is always bitching at us
0: yeah i i remember uh when when we were we were younger i'm one of five boys and um growing up i guess like in the in the 80s and and 90s uh andrew dice clay was was a huge, huge comedian yes so my younger brothers uh used to parrot Andrew Dice Clay's Uh um, nursery rhymes. So Uh just imagine like, you know, (laughs) a five year old kid, you know, doing his hickory dickory dock, but you know, Uh uh, his version, you know, the Andrew Dice Clay version. (laughs) And that used to crack people up, you know, people would be like, oh my God, that's hilarious. And I remember the first joke that I, the first joke that I can remember telling, it was to a bunch of older boys. And it was a dirty joke that I had just kind of made up with, I -hmm. guess, I guess I had cobbled together dirty words and like, you know uh, which I guess was kind of just like sounds to me, you know, it's uh-huh. like, well, let me just cobble this together and spit it out. And I remember making, um, you know, making the older boys laugh uh, when we, when we did that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to turn into, you know, this like, oh, but you know, back in my day and, you know, kids now, kids these days don't, you know, uh, don't know, yeah, what, but Lou, what, that's what, what happens funny.
1: when you get old. Just yeah, brief, yeah,
0: okay, yeah, just yeah. okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, but I, but I remember <laughs> so, so like throughout my life, um, it's always been me goofing with my friends and us making each other laugh. Yeah. And what you know, I hope that 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 kids growing up today have the experience that I had when I was in middle school, and it was me my friend Anthony and my friend Mark, and I think it was just the three of us. And we had gone to a Chinese takeout place. Anthony always used to get boneless spare ribs. And then I got, uh, I got uh, pork fried rice. So we're wa- I don't remember what Mark got, but we're walking around and I'm, I'm shoveling pork fried rice you know, into, my, into my mouth. We're walking around our, our neighborhood. And these guys start making me laugh so hard right? That I start choking on this pork fried rice. <laughs> then I'm laughing so hard where I I, oh, I, no. I, I feel like my, my nose is all, is all yeah. stuffed. I have to blow my nose and me being a gross 12-year-old <gasps> boy, I take my shirt and blow my nose on my shirt and what comes <laughs> out is snot and pork fried rice and it's there. And that is gross and hilarious. But it was like, i was left laugh- like you know the amount of times that i've laughed that hard where it's oh physically God. painful to me yes it's like it's like i really hope people are having those experiences I, I i so desperately hope people are laughing like that especially uh especially young kids
1: i don't feel like enough are like thank you to this stupid pandemic i don't feel like enough people are having those experiences and like there's a lot of people like now that we're starting to reopen and we're getting vaccines and stuff there's i feel like there's a lot of people at Lou, out there who are like eh, you know i never really wanted to be out and doing stuff in the first place like there, are the, like there are people who are perfectly fine with keeping all of us locked down because they feel more secure having an excuse to I, stay I, I in just, and not i, social. I just
0: saw, i just i just saw um I, I didn't watch the oscars but apparently one of the oscar nobody winners, did yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah who are those nine million people but um Uh, apparently one of the oscar winners uh somebody quoted her on on twitter and she was like yeah i really enjoy staying in bed and with the lockdown i got to stay in bed or in my home 24 hours a day this was great for me and uh this person had like promoted it as like you know story of my life or that's you know that's what i'm after and i'm just thinking like oh my god i can't It, it it yeah. I, yeah I'm I'm a little speechless I guess you
1: know Yeah no it, it's like it's I have noticed that or like as a writer I um who's in you know journalism I I obviously monitor like a lot of other op-ed writers and there's just just this slew of articles coming out from the op-ed writers that are like I don't know if I'll ever be able to get back to normal or or their their articles titled like the fear of returning to normal or the fear of the end of the pandemic like it's all about fear like these people have been living in fear for 18 months now and now they can't like the fear is addictive they can't give it up so now they're writing articles about how scary it is to get back out there in public like are you kidding me first of all I've never stopped doing anything this whole time you know I've been I mean except for what the government's making me stop like stop sending my kids to school uh but like I've been traveling as much as I can um wherever there are places to go I've been there I've been visiting people having parties I live in a neighborhood that's in the suburbs and people are probably pretty much doing what they want out here even a lot of my local watering holes have stayed open just like You go in the back through the kitchen, like there's a speakeasy style. So I haven't stopped doing anything, but there are so many people out there who are like, yeah, I, I just, I think I'm, I'm scared and we should all be scared. We should all be fearful of each other. Yeah. Like I feel like there's this whole new generation of people who aren't having those experiences with each other. They're laughing online at each other, but they don't know what it's like to be sitting in a room with your friends and laughing at a fart That's so funny that you like puke rice out of your nose. A lot of people are not having those experiences. There's a difference between entertaining each other in a chat room and being physically with a group of people and feeling that energy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and something that I noticed too, uh, there are people who are treating, you know, April, 2021, the same way. March 2020. Yeah, treated. Yeah, and, it, and you know, I I I remember seeing, hearing this one person who was like, you know, uh, we had a baby, and you know, our, our my mom and dad, the baby's grandparents, haven't met the baby yet.
1: Oh in, a, in a in a year. That's and heartbreaking.
0: So like so heartbreaking, and um, you know, as you know, I had my, my wife and I we we had our our son in March of of 2020. And that was at the height of this of this insanity. Yeah, we, we, didn't know, we didn't know what was going on. We right. were quarantined. and you were in New
1: York, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So we were quarantined for like for like two months w- without you know my parents or her parents meeting mm-hmm. meeting. Yeah. Which you know I I'm, I'm 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 just a new dad. I'm not a grandparent yet, but man, that that you know that that, that was would such, crush such me. torture. Yeah,
1: yeah, as a parent, that would crush me. Yeah, S-
0: such torture, right? But then what happens is you, you learn more about, you know, this disease, you start to figure out, well, if you're quarantined from, uh, if you're, you know, if you're quarantined, you're not, you know, going out meeting people and it, and you've been doing it for like a month and you don't have any symptoms, Mm -hmm. you might be, well, it's probably safe to go meet the other person or the other family that's been doing the same thing. And then, and then Mm -hmm. let's, you know, move a few months later, you have a test. You have yeah. a test. You have a test that that you know you can get the results in two days. And then you have a test and you get a rapid result in fifteen minutes. You could take tests to find out whether or not it's safe for you. Yeah. And 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 when I hear these people talking about you know uh, remaining uh, you know separated from yeah. especially loved ones, I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. In no, April. Yeah. You're trying to find an excuse not to see, not to I see agree. them. <laughs> and, and if you listen to the science, the science is telling you now you got, you don't have an excuse that baby should be, should be in, you know, yeah. their grandparents' arms right now.
1: You know, let your, oh gosh, this is, I have seen this happen all year long where people are having kids and their parents can't see them. And sometimes it's the parent's choice, which you could not keep me away from right. um, a brand new grandbaby especially like a first, but sometimes it's like, it's the parent's choice. And sometimes it's the grandparent's choice. And sometimes it's the parent's choice. And I've seen more than one person go, you know, I don't want anyone around my newborn baby, but I'm like, that's not science. Like your baby is fine. Your baby is going to be fine. And I'm not suggesting you take your baby to a concert and pass the baby around, (laughs) but you know, your, Crowd your mom there. and dad should probably be okay. And I think Lou about all of the people who have died in isolation this year from not COVID. Like we seem to have mm-hmm. decided that COVID is the only thing that we can't die from. And right. then everything else, no one cares about cancer or the, the regular flu or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people like I was talking to a lady on my locals page, which um. I'll plug that it's davisnation.locals.com if you want to join me over there. But there was a, a, a subscriber on my locals page and she's, I think she was saying like, my uncle is isolated and he's like 99 and he hasn't seen anybody in a year. And he's going nice. like, "Yeah, what is the point of this? <laughs> like, what am I sparing myself from? I have days, months to live. Why am I living in isolation for a disease when I don't have the kind of time to quarantine. I want to see people. I want to live. How many of those people have died alone this year of not COVID, you know, for something that is, I just, none of this makes sense to me, Lou. Mm-hmm. And probably the way I'm talking now, you can tell that I'm struggling with the logic of it all. And I'm a very logical person. And I think that's what's I've struggled with the most over the last year. Like people have thrown away logic and, and forethought You know, you have a baby, you have this new, wonderful creature, and there's nothing more important than family, like make arrangements to share this beautiful creature with your family, right? COVID is, is dangerous if you're, you know, of a certain age and have certain health issues, but it's not so dangerous that we needed to stop living our lives with each other. I just Mm -hmm. think this is the brave are the people who are out there just trying to be normal. Yeah. Yeah yeah
0: no for sure and um uh i'm uh, so I'm, i think i don't know if i told you but i'm leaving new york um,
1: yes congratulations yeah.
0: <laughs> thank, thank you welcome
1: I, to suburbia
0: <laughs> yeah yeah unfor- unfortunately i'm uh, i'm leaving new york uh after the census was taken um right. so you know so me and my yeah. family aren't counted uh, yeah. but in in you know i guess in, the, in 10 more in 10 years from now we will not be uh present in uh uh, in New York, and and you know some, something happened. Uh, you know, New York has has changed so much over the over the past year, and uh, you know, a part of me it was thinking like, ah, oh, you know, am I going to be bummed that I'm you know leaving New York and leaving this you know stuff behind? Uh, but last night, I I drove back from our from our house uh, in, uh, in in Jersey where where we where we're now living. And drove back to uh, the back to our apartment, and I was like, you know what? Uh, why don't I go and eat at what was once, you know, uh, one of our favorite restaurants in, in the city? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who they were, but I went and I ate at the restaurant, and it was just as expensive as it always been as it always was, but man, it was mediocre, and it was sort of mm. like, okay, yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely ready to leave. I'm definitely yeah. ready, to, ready to go on, uh, you know, to leave, <laughs> <laughs> to leave this behind the, uh, you know, the literal bad taste yeah. left in my, uh, uh, in my mouth. And uh, have, have you, I know you've thought about, you've, you've talked about at least on Twitter, uh, California and, and getting out of there and you, you have a lot of people, you know, who have been leaving,
1: uh, yeah. where, where are you on that? Um, we're here. We don't have any, (laughs) every, every Californian though these days has a contingency plan and we have a contingency plan like everybody else. Like it's so weird in the last year. And this is literally, I, I really mean this in, this is something that has cropped up in the last year because our, our COVID policy has just been atrocious. Like the goalposts have shifted. There's like nothing to hang on to as far as real information. We're recalling the governor. That's how bad it is. We've recalled one governor in the history of California, <laughs> I think, too. And um, so it's a big this is how bad things are. We're actually going to recall this guy. And um, everybody is so sick of California. And it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. You can talk to Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives. Everybody is going if they're not already gone, you're sitting on Zillow every night, like dreaming about what your $900,000 could get you in Iowa or in Ohio, or even somewhere on the East coast. And, and, and so my husband and I do have a contingency plan like everybody else does, but no, um, we moved here from Gary, Indiana, 12 years ago. Um, and my husband was born and raised in Gary and, you know, his that's the hood and for him the suburban life was like that's the American dream and it, it's what he has now for me I grew up in rural Canada I split my time between rural Canada and in the inner city of Washington DC where my dad lived and um but I always loved the city I felt I I view myself as a more of a metropolitan person um I loved you know, spending a lot of my growing up years in DC and having access to the Metro back then, it was still really nice. And, um, and I prefer would prefer to live in the city, but if I'm going to live in California, I'm living in the suburbs because the cities I have access to are LA, San Francisco and San Diego, and they are Mm. all completely overrun up until last year, Lou, I was looking for an apartment in LA so that I could just commute, you know, Mm. Um, So when I had to do business there or whatever, I could stay overnight and the whole city's been taken over by homeless by homeless people. So I guess that's the long way of saying no we have no plans to move. I wish people would stop asking me when we're going to leave like not you Lou but there's a lot of people like every time I complain on Twitter, people be like, you should just leave. What are you staying there for? Only right. idiots are left there. And it's like, I have a family here, people. I have a life. I'm not like, I, I I, don't just have the liberty to stand up and leave. And I have a husband who has a job here and works here. And he's, he is, I'm sorry, if, I'm sorry if I'm going to get your podcast trouble, a But bit. Uh, he's the head of our household. <laughs> and mm-hmm. We don't move until he, it, until he believes that this is a good choice for our family. So until then, I'm in here here in California. There's a lot to dislike about California, but there's a lot to love about California and the suburbs. Lou, this is why I'm so interested that, to hear your suburban experiences, because uh-huh. the suburbs are so different in a way. There is there's there's the um, the part of it that is annoying, like the cookie cutter stuff and the PTA moms and yoga pants and Starbucks. And there's all of those cliches are true. But there's another part of the suburbs that you don't necessarily get in the city and it's a it's a it can be a sense of community um a sense of building something for yourself mm-hmm. instead of sitting in a building you know you're growing yeah. when you own your own property you're you're always thinking about improving it and building it and 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 growing it and what it's going to mean to your kids you know right. all that too it, it you're building more of a legacy where in the city you're more just enjoying enjoying the city i, I don't i know that was a long answer i'm a talker it's what i do for <laughs> ladies, yeah no i no have one. no plans to leave california right now in fact i was hoping i wanted to run for governor uh, but my husband won't let me so
0: <laughs> well uh <laughs> you're well, um, you know, if I could, if I could, uh, I'll talk to your husband because I think, uh, yeah. I, 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 I want to make it
1: sound like my, I, by the way, I want to say like, my husband's not the boss of me people. So if there's people listening to this, they're like, oh, she just said her husband's the head of the household and he won't let her run for governor. No, like this requires a family approval. If you're going to run for office, he doesn't <laughs> want to do it. Therefore I cannot.
0: Sure. And, 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 you know, something that, you know, the people who are telling you like, oh, just get out of it or just move. Like you have, you have planted deep roots where you are just, you know, for all the things that you, you know, that, that you explained, like even just us moving from a, from a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. The amount of crap that we have, right. When
1: why you know, and why, dude? why?
0: <laughs> and then the mover, uh, we had some, we had some great guys, you know, who moved the amount that they were, that they were able to fit into this 10 foot U-Haul was, was incredible. And when I saw all that stuff in there, I was like, I should just set this stuff on fire. Like, there's no, like, like that, I'm going to have to unload all of this stuff. <laughs> it's going to have to sit in the garage until, cause we're doing renovation on the, right. you know, on the place. And it's like, ah, oh, it, but you know, even just that the act of moving is such a hassle and so stressful where I could see why someone's like, nah, I'm just, this is where I am. Uh, you know, I, I don't care yeah. if, the flood's coming. I'm, I can't move this shit. I got oh, yeah. to keep it here. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know? that's like, yes, it's a big proposition. There are a lot of people who like just move, but moving requires not just a lot of physical energy, but it it costs a lot of funds. And you live here in California, Lou. So, you know, yeah. almost everybody lives paycheck to paycheck around here. But it's not too even rich folks. It's just a matter of how much you want to spend. If you want to live in a nicer area, you're going to live paycheck to paycheck to live. You're going to live hefty paycheck to hefty paycheck to live in that hefty area if you want to live in the hood you're gonna live tiny paycheck to tiny paycheck to live in the hood everybody's living paycheck to paycheck here it's like a way of life it's so expensive even if you think you're getting away with it when tax season hits the reality will set in so so the idea of putting to get, pulling together you know, thousands of dollars for moving um, first months and last months if I want to rent somewhere or pulling together a loan to buy somewhere else. I mean, it's just it's a lot to move. I know California, that it's the butt of the joke of the United States. And I get that we deserve to be because we handle everything wrongly here. But I had the same experience. I've had this experience everywhere, Lou. I've lived everywhere in my life. I've lived, I've lived on a tiny island in rural Canada. I've lived in the inner cities of Washington, D.C. I've lived in Nashville. I've lived in St. Louis on the north side there. So that's the hood. I've lived in Iowa. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Gary, Indiana. And then we moved out here to California. I've had suburban life and rural and urban, all, almost all of it, I would say. And, um, and I have found good people everywhere. Mm-hmm. I have found people worth knowing everywhere. There's nobody, no one has a lock on a-holes. Do you know what I mean? There's oh, no yeah, one yeah. area that has a lock on a-holes. I get that suburbia is like disappointing to some people, but city life is disappointing to some people too. And um, just like when we were in Gary, where that's a straight up hood, that is the straight, it's like per capita has the most, homicides in the United States, I think, next to Chicago. Wow. And it's right next to Chicago, actually. And um, and statistically, on paper, you look at that and you say, Gary looks scary. In fact, I think people my Scar- husband told scary me- Scary
0: Indiana? Yeah.
1: Scary Gary. That's scary what my, my husband told me his cousins from, from the South side of Chicago used to come to Gary and they'd be like, this is scary Gary.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But- From the outside, it's scary, right? It's the kind of place where TV shows come in and they shoot there because it's like all shell. It looks like a war zone. So TV shows will come in there and film when -hmm. they want to do like disaster movies and stuff. But in the city is filled with amazing, beautiful, wonderful people who are creative and business minded and good family people and fun and, and, and kind and generous and giving. All those people are there. You wouldn't see it driving into the city. You wouldn't know they're there, but they are. And it's the same here in California. I know we've got our homeless math addicts, which are taking over the streets right now. And we have gross old Hollywood. And we have, you know, all of the, the things about California that, that people find distasteful. But in this state also are very amazing people. Yeah, When, when people. we when,
0: when we lived in, in LA, um, you know, there's always this like... Uh, you know, which I think is just a fallacy. It's like you know, you could either love New York and hate LA, or love LA and right. hate New York. Yeah. And for for us, like we we just had a different a different life in in LA, and we had we met some really amazing uh, amazing people uh, in LA. So that made it you know difficult you know when we moved back to New York. Um, and you know, as far like I've been a, a city kid my whole you know my whole life basically. And, uh, you know, my wife was like, you know, you, you know, you ready to, you know, make this transition to the, you know, to the suburbs. And uh, what I found, you know, in the same way that I I described that that restaurant last night that was just overpriced and mediocre, uh, there are, there are, are so many. Uh, things telling me that you leaving is the best thing that you could possibly do. Um, Apparently there's a dude on our floor, the second floor, who's going through a midlife crisis and he's a drummer. And I, I never oh. heard, I haven't heard his drumming, thank oh. God, but I've smelled his weed. Right. <laughs> so this dude's like, you know, 50 some odd years old and, and, and toking like he's back in college
1: wow. where
0: it's, it's like, dude, there are, va- there are vaporizers now.
1: Right, there are, right, right. There are
0: edibles. <laughs> there's no reason right. why I should be smelling your shit. So that, and then talking about smelling shit. So we're on the second floor. On the fourth floor, there's a, a resident who hasn't been there in over nine months, which means that for nine months, they haven't been running their water. They haven't oh been flushing their toilets. Gosh. And for those of you who might not be in the know, what that leads to is backups and it leads to my bathroom smelling like raw sewage, right? So all of that, while I have a, while my wife and I are, are, are rooming with a one-year-old, right, uh. in a one-bedroom apartment, it's it's time to go. And then I uh, I don't think I have time to get into it into it here. But if uh, if you follow me on Locals, uh, you will see the video I shared of a. Uh, of a uh, run-in I had with a neighbor who I've had problems with before who followed me up to my apartment uh, because I wasn't wearing a mask inside the the apartment. And this dude, this dude was every other, (laughs) this dude, like every other word out of his mouth is, where's your mask? Why aren't you wearing your mask? Like yelling. And I was calling this dude every single foul thing you possibly could rightfully so, because this yes. was a grown ass man yes. who followed me followed from, my, you. from the elevator to, uh, <laughs> to an apartment. Um, oh and I'm God. like, yo, it is time. It is such the right time for me to get the hell out of here and to start my new life. And you know what? I, I, I kind of like the corny stuff. I like the idea of yeah. fireworks and and yeah. uh, you know the uh, turkey trot on Thanksgiving, the five k yeah. turkey trot and and, and also yeah. I, I, and also I got to say to see my son who's now walking mm-hmm. now have room to roam yeah. to yeah. walk around. Not only is it is it a pleasure to see as a as a dad but also his demeanor has changed too.
1: Right, right.
0: And he's enjoying it. And I'm like, you know what? That, that's, that's. Well, that's that's what,
1: that's what happens when you become uh, a parent. I'm doing, uh, my podcast is Just Listen to Yourself, as you mentioned at the top. And I'm doing a series of mini episodes on that podcast, which you will be on, Lou. You're going to be on the next, not the next one. This, this first series of mini episodes is an interview with my father-in-law, who is, who is a, a, a wonderful and one of the wisest men i've ever known so we're we're going through that and then the wonderful lou perez will have a mini there but um we talked about parenting on our last episode and he raised four kids three boys and a girl in gary indiana and um unfortunately the two um, oldest boys have, have passed away since then um but we he raised them all to adulthood and we talked about how there is this idea these days that a baby is the worst thing that can happen to you. Like, it's just going to be a total bummer. You know, you're not going to be able to travel. You're not going to be able to do all the things that you love to do. You're going to lose your independence, whatever. And when you have a kid, you finally realize, oh no, this is the thing. This is, this is the thing. Everything else was the thing leading up to the thing. But the (laughs) thing is, is the kids, because it changes you in a way that you do not expect. So I, I, and, and one is, can be like, yeah, I could be content in suburbia. Like mm-hmm. I could make yep. that work. Not because you're like, I want to be a boring nerd guy and just do like boring suburban stuff because all of a sudden you're looking at your living situation through your kid's eyes. You can tolerate a lot, but when for your kid, no, I don't want my kid to grow up in a box in New York city. I want to see him run around and giggle and throw a ball and, and I'm thinking, Lou, because we've been friends, we're, like we're friends, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 We've been friends for a number of years now. So I've watched you go through, you know, get married and then have kids. And I'm thinking about this Facebook thread from you once that I read that has always stuck in my mind for some reason. I was like, well, Lou becomes a parent. I'm going to ask him about this thread. <laughs> so you're on Facebook being Comedian Lou and you... Posted this article. It was a video of a dad greeting his daughter's boyfriend at the door with like a shotgun or something, and it's like a jokey video. But he's like, "Ah, you can't go out with my." It's one of them, you know, like just know if you take my daughter out. I know how five different forms of martial arts and and uh, you know, that cutesy daddy thing. And you were saying on this thread, like, like this is disgusting. In you in a funny way though. By like, I'm can't I'm not as funny as Lou. I can't really. You're were, you're were like this is so dumb. This is like a um. This is an example of like patriarchal attitudes. Of, like this dad thinks his daughter. Oh, he he owns he her. Wants yeah. And he basically wants to f his daughter or whatever. Something edgy edgy uh, Lou. Yeah, I, I
0: can imagine it's, I wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh.
1: And so I got on the thread, because I was interested in seeing all the comments. I got on the thread and I said. I think that this is a very non-parental point of view because like I, first of all, I am a parent. I would, I want to know that my husband is intimidating towards my daughter, any males that have interest in my daughter, because I know what boys can do Mm -hmm. and I know how boys can treat girls. And, um, and then as someone who grew up for most of my life without a dad, I, also found that attractive like oh this is something i've always wanted like to have a protective i'm I'm remembering
0: that this is from a while back but
1: it's from a long time ago yeah always stuck in my craw and i've always wanted to ask you about this so now's my opportunity now that you are a parent has your view on that kind of stuff shifted
0: you just gave me you just gave me chills yeah Um, yeah yeah this is what no i i yeah i i wasn't i wasn't expecting expecting that and but but i it, it is jogging my my memory and uh I gotta say, I'm, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna say 100%. My my opinion on that uh, has changed, and if I if I were to go back, I would you know probably do a better job of explaining how it how it's changed. But I was thinking about it uh, a little while back with, with my son, where um I've I've been in love, right? I've been mm-hmm. in romantic love. I, right. I'm I'm in love with my wife. I love my wife. I I have the love of friendships my mm-hmm. best man at my wedding. I, I, have a, I have another best friend since, since high school. I know what that love is. I know what the love is for my dad. I know what the love is for my mom. I've never experienced this kind of love before that I have for my child. Yeah. It's, it, it is a, different it's,
1: it's a diff- different, it's a different thing.
0: thing. I have, I have never held babies uh-huh. you know, before I, yeah. the way I yeah. hold, I hold him yeah. and don't want to let go. I, yeah. you know, I, I can't get enough of hugging him and, and all that it's a different love. And when, when my wife and I were, were as I told you before, we're expecting another, uh, another child. Yeah. Ter- it's, gotcha. uh, it's, it's a boy uh, on the way. Um,
1: so uh, you were part of one of five boys. Now you're yeah. creating your own stable,
0: but I could only imagine what it would be like if, if, I had a daughter and yeah, what, and right. what that yep. love would be, would be like for, you know, for, for my daughter. Um, but I think, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think you're, you're right there. There, you know, there are certain things you, you when, when people say it, that you're like, ah, I don't think you've, <laughs> you obviously yeah. haven't had kids. Well, it's it's almost like, and, and you know, I might have to, 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 leave it here just cause on, just cause on time. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to write poetry Right. And I used to write poetry, some of it sexual, you know, so I used to write poems about sex without ever having had sex. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, I, I, I want to crack open that composition notebook (laughs) and read what, what little Lou thinks sex was all about. before. Do you have it?
1: Do you you have anything? I
0: I have it at my parent at at my parents. It's in like a safe.
1: Please go get it.
0: I gotta, I gotta crack that open, but, uh, but Kira, thank you so much for, for spending time with me. Um, uh, please guys, you got to check out, uh, you got to follow Kira. You got to check out her work and, um, check out her podcast and all that. She's fantastic. And I'm so happy we were able to, to catch up. All right. Thank you so much, Lou. Thank you so much for watching and or listening to my podcast. If you'd like to support my work, please head over to theluperez.locals.com and join the Lou Perez community. And another way to support me is by supporting my sponsors, Black Organic Cold Brew. Head over to www.blvck.com. Drew. dot com. Use promo code Lou for free shipping. And if you're into CBD products, please check out Paloma Verde CBD. Use promo code Lou for twenty five percent off purchases over seventy five dollars. All right. Bye.